I got a white line fever. Going to run land down under. Going to turn around the corner way down yonder. <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. Welcome to uh, White Line Fever, episode 14. They said we wouldn't last. Uh, I'm on a tour bus in uh, Wolverhampton, and I'm cold, but I'm not from Finland. I'm with uh, Michael Munro. Are you cold? Uh, a bit chilly. I could be a bit warmer. It would be nicer. <laughs> Even though I'm from Finland, doesn't mean I enjoy the cold. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm quite more sick of it than you are, I'm sure. <laughs> Enough of the long winter. <laughs> You've just come off uh, stage. Uh, how was the show? I really enjoyed it. I've not seen you before. Oh, thank you. Uh, I thought it was fun. Mm. That was cool. Um, a little bit hectic at first because uh, Wednesday had decided to um, move the uh, showtime a little earlier than it was supposed to be. We were supposed to go on at, uh, I think it was uh, 20 past 8 or something. All of a sudden we were told that we were going on at 5 past 8, which is kind of... <laughs> I mean, it's dodgy. It's changing times for later. I mean, if you want to make it a little later, that's cool. But making it earlier is always kind of not a good idea. But <laughs> we made it anyway. So I think I was five minutes later that uh, new time schedule. But we 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 did good. I uh, had fun. I think most people enjoyed it. It's a fantastic band you've got together. It's almost a super group, isn't it? Really, to me, the best best bunch of guys I could ever imagine playing with. I'm very happy with this this band. Are you, are you still buzzing from winning Album of the Year at the um, Classic Rock Awards? I mean, it's a it's a great. I mean, it's awesome. Congratulations. I mean, does it change things when you win an award like that? Is it just fun? Or? It was amazingly. Um, it was it was really an amazing amazing honor and a really really cool thing. It made me feel very nice. I mean, having an award like that, especially having Duff McKagan go out of his way to be able to present it to me and us uh, he had traveled he was going to travel he had a flight book to uh, to uh, South America and uh, then when he was uh, offered the uh, opportunity to present the award to to us uh, for for sensory overdrive at the classic rock awards he changed his travel plans to be able to give the award to me mm. which is totally mind-blowing and he had he he had, he had such a beautiful introduction speech uh, before um, he called me up he was uh, when he called me up on stage there um, he was just talking about hanoi what a what a huge effect what, how everybody back in la back in those days in 1984 you know mm. just uh, around the time we were doing that first tour the fatal tour uh, people were buzzing in in Hollywood. It was like, oh, Hanoi rocks everywhere. You know, people, everyone's talking about it. Everyone wanted to look like Hanoi and stuff. And him and Slash were really excited about coming to see the show that we were supposed to play. But then what happened happened, and uh, it was one of the saddest days. He said, like in rock and roll. And when he talked, when he mentioned that, uh, you, could, you know, he could tell he was choking up. You know, and I was looking at Sammy. And we all got like tears in our eyes. We went, oh boy, I love that guy. He's such a sweet heart of gold. What a guy. You know, so it was really touching. So as a matter of fact, when I got up there, it was—I uh, was kind of at first I was totally speechless. I was like, "Wow, that's a beautiful speech, and uh, it's mind-blowing. Uh, really, really cool." Uh, Gene Simmons <laughs> saying, "Come on, move it on." Okay, Michael, we only got two hours. Come on, hurry up, hurry. <laughs> uh, Gene, excuse me, I'm sorry. You got ten million trophies on your walls. You got 
and all this stuff feel like up the world zoo. I mean, the one one time I get an award, can I please just talk a couple of minutes here? Please <laughs> let me talk. Let me finish. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was great, great honor. It was really pretty amazing. I've never been to that award ceremony. It's a beautiful thing. The one thing I was going to ask you about the new album, or lyrically on the new album, as you can see, we're doing like three things at once. We're doing an internet story, we're doing a podcast, and we're shooting. And I, I was worried about doing that because uh, I listened to Modern Day Miracle, and you were, it sounds like you're not enamoured with modern day technology. Do you own a spa- smartphone? Do you just, well, I mean, do you, you, you don't like the fact that we're always connected? or, or is it? No, I prefer when it does work. To your, to your advantage in, in terms of if you actually can do three things at the same time and it can, you can get them all done, then that's great. That's the whole idea. But if you don't, if it just gets more complicated, then that's what a modern-day mm-hmm. miracle is talking about, that mm-hmm. it's supposed to be making things more, you know, simplifying things and stuff, but very often it just turns out that it just complicates things. You know? yeah, yeah. Do, do you own a smartphone? Are you always on the internet or do you prefer to sort of get away from it? <laughs> I wish I could get away from it. It's like unnecessary <laughs> evil. I'd say uh, in the past, uh, I do, you know, there are many moments where I really long for the past where you didn't have to, when you went home at night, you got you normally would go to bed. Nowadays, you just have to go. Oh, the emails! And you have to mm-hmm. check the emails, and you you stay up for two, three hours that you normally wouldn't. You mm-hmm. know, just go to bed and forget about it. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, oh God, yes, the emails I have to reply to this and that, and you know. So uh, it's it's kind of. I mean, it's there's a lot of good things about it, and then then again, there's a uh, it uh, is uh, especially with a schedule like mine has been uh, over the past couple of months, ever since the U.S. tour. We did three weeks in the in the states. Great, really great, fun tour it was. And uh, however, we ended up in L.A. The last show was at the Whiskey in L.A. Sold out and all. And uh, we uh, left L.A. I got back to the hotel about three in the morning and had to leave at six in the morning to uh, <laughs> to catch a flight to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And we did one gig in Tokyo at this festival, the V Rock Festival. Then we flew back to Helsinki. Had one day at home. And the next day, I had to. Uh, I live in Turku. It's two hours from Helsinki, the capital. Turku used to be the capital. That's my hometown now. Mm. I grew up in Helsinki, but in any case, besides the point, I, I had to travel to Helsinki to start doing promotion for my book, yes, and my autobiography. This is out in Finland so far only. Okay. But uh, in Finnish, but it's going to be translated before too long into English, and it'll be out in the rest of the world. Uh, it's and it's the second book you've been involved in, isn't it? Yeah, the first one was the Hanoi Rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all those wasted years. Wasted years, yeah, yeah. And that came out in Finland too, in Finnish only. <laughs> and there were talks about there was um, negotiations were going on about uh, having that translated too, but then they didn't go much further than you know. There's uh, I saw a draft of a contract, an agreement, but then it didn't go much further than that. So, but this one's going to be no problem because it's just me you have to deal with the Hanoi book. You have to deal with Andy and you know other people involved so um, this should be much easier to uh, get released besides this is longer it's bigger and uh, actually right Looks now like a lot of work oh it was <laughs> I swear <laughs> now we get we're dividing this up we'll come back and uh, we're dividing this up by playing songs if that's okay with you mm. would you like to introduce a song either any song in the history of recorded music but I'd assume that you'd like to um, uh, you know um, play something off sensory overdrive mm-hmm mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Next song is uh, you could say it's kind of autobiography. Yeah, it's my autobiography in English for now. Not just uh, it'll have to do. This song I can relate to every word of it. Definitely uh, what I'm about, and uh, it's called "Trick of the Wrist."
is Michael Clayton from Taiketo. And Jim Kennedy. And you are listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Fever. Uh, welcome back to White Line Fever. I'm here with uh, Eddie and Nash from Urge Overkill. Now, uh, we already asked them about uh, Mason Dixon, and now we're going to ask them about the song Effigy. Um, it's an it's a angry song. Um, I haven't read anything where you've actually explained who it's aimed at or uh, why you're angry, so I just thought maybe you might be able to explain. And the king has a lot of explaining. To <laughs> actually, the... the, the uh, the inspiration for uh, it's interesting you see a lot of political unrest now but I guess the the ideas for the lyrics um, go back to the the because uh, the ge- the germ of the song is goes back to the Bush administration so actually it was George Bush I was um, imagining on fire <laughs> in the lyrics of that but he's old hat now and and we are seeing some uh, some positive things happen in terms of riots in the streets. We always like to see that. <laughs> so, I mean, without turning this into a political interview, do you think things have improved? It's certainly, it's an incredible time to be alive, really, what's happening in the Middle East at the moment, isn't it? Have things improved since you wrote that song? <laughs> uh, I have to say so. I mean, it was, uh, I think, in terms of uh, with, with all the, you know, legitimate criticisms of America... The fact that uh, you know a black man can be president and you know win a clear uh, uh, plurality or, or whatever it was was uh, you know and it really proves that you know our system is uh, still the worst system compared to except for all the others I guess <laughs> isn't that what <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's it's you know that that's an amazing thing, and I'd love to see something like that happen uh, uh, more often in 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 Europe or anywhere else. Uh, have just you know the best man win. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's I think proved a meritocracy, although there are still problems. That's still a great moment, uh, I think, for our for our times. Now let's go back to uh, rock and roll. Um, I've been um, you know you do. Um, research. You're supposed to do research before you do these interviews and hopefully do more than Google. And one story that I was reading was quite evocative. It was about uh, Nash sort of walking the streets of Chicago, refusing to do interviews while the band was in, well, recess. I mean, was that a, was that a difficult period, you know, when, when you didn't know what was going on? There was talk of the, the band name perhaps being revived. Um, what, what was that period? How do you look back on that period now? Well, I mean, I, we, we definitely were up for a break. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, we, we would have killed each other, killed the band, you know, um, had we not uh, uh, recessed. But, I, you know, I, you know we, 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 we spread our, 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 wing, our respective wings and, uh, you know, tr- did some solo things and, uh, you know, got out of our system. But, I, you know, in the end, I think we, we, we missed the music and, and we, I think we both tired of, uh, of, of being, you know, so... Um, you know, um, I mean, unbeknownst to each of us, but people wait. wanted to know why. Yeah, you know, I mean, just, living in Chicago like, was our huge fan base, and and uh, yeah, you know, we couldn't really come up with a great reason after a while. After yeah, a few people years coming up, well, you know, when are you getting the band back together? And like, you know, after a while, you you, you tire of, of feeling that question, and you know, and you don't really have an answer, and so then then we got to talk, and like, you know, so. 
I suppose you forget the reasons in, in some ways, don't you? Are you in a position to give advice to musicians no, who are in the same position? When we finally did, you know, bury the hatchet, so to speak, we, we, we couldn't, either we were, we, we were just, you know, we were too, you know, I don't know if you can say fucked up then, or, yeah. okay, or just, or, or, or just, you know, just too old to, to, to recall what, what it was we were, you know, actually, like, on about, but, you know, it's, it comes with the territory, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the course, and, and uh, you know we were we were just happy to um, to just you know to to, to to resume where we left off and you know, that was it. I'm sure your fans are probably uh, along with uh, Google well doing the same Google searches that I did, but they're also Googling Blackie and they come up a bit of a blank. Uh, it's pretty hard to find out where he is or what he's doing. Can you enlighten them in any way? Or I'm really not the person to ask. Yeah, yeah we. Um, it's it seemed like the. You know, after Urge, he, uh, we heard he was involved in a couple other bands, uh, started yeah. projects, possibly in L.A., and it seemed like that he was not thriving any longer in the, the rock and roll environment. Right, so, so you're not still in touch with him. Yeah. Um, okay, this is uh, we're going to run out of time if we don't introduce another song now. Would you like to pick another song off, uh, off Rock and Roll Submarine? Uh, what do you want to play? Oh God! Um, well, I mean, I, I, I'm in love with the title track. I mean, that's that's how I it, that how, that's how it became the title track. I mean, I, I think that that song says it all.
You're listening to White Line Fever with Steve Mascourt. Thanks, Mark, and welcome back uh, to White Line Fever. Uh, big week for uh, for me, anyway, with um, the classic rock AOR story on Motley Crue coming out here in the UK. Um, I've never had to write a 5,000-word story before. Pretty hard to make it flow, but seemed to uh, come up uh, pretty well in uh, in the magazine. And um, probably the newsworthy thing out of it, or definitely the newsworthy thing out of it, was Mick Mars. Um, saying that his his bandmates don't realise they're fifty year old men; they think they're sixteen, and that uh, they need to grow up if the band is to get the respect it deserves in the rock community. So, um, what I'm going to be doing, I've been thinking of doing this uh, since I did the interviews, and it was quite a while ago now. Is I'll be uh, in the weeks ahead playing outtakes uh, from the uh, interviews with the members of Motley Crue. And we're going to start with that offending quote. Uh, from Mick Mars. Um, before I do that, uh, this is the normal stuff. We're always plugging whitelinefever.ning.com. Uh, come and join. Uh, you can hear the program uh, streaming there. There's uh, uh, video clips uh, from the, the songs we play. Um, very soon, we're going to be having interviews. Video interviews will be uh, posted on whitelinefever.ning.com, uh, plus a whole heap of uh, album reviews and um, that's kind of the rock and roll site. Uh, the rugby league uh, site uh, is probably stevemascord.com, but there's a bit of each on the other, um, of course. I'm not going to specialise that much. Also, uh, for both uh, elements, you can um, come to facebook.com, stevemascord.com. There's no dot in there. And that's uh, that's updated hourly with, uh, with news as well as um, photo galleries and all sorts of stuff on um, Twitter. I am the real Stevis, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-S-T-E-A-V-I-S. Now, someone asked me on Twitter who performed the theme song, the intro to the uh, podcast, and I feel very bad that I haven't plugged it every single week. I should be, because they were very nice of them to uh, to allow us to use it. It's I'm Not Here, a great song by the Hell City Glamours. So uh, get on uh, um, iTunes and look up Hell City Glamours. That's O-U-R-S. Australian spelling, just like Airborne, um, and uh, and and buy that song, buy their own, their, their album. It's a fantastic record. It really is uh, out outstanding uh, record. One of my favourite Australian albums ever. I'm serious. It's 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 an awesome record. Um, now, if you want to uh, ring in, um, no one's done it yet, or no one's done it that I've been able to track down their messages. But uh, if you ring um, country code six one, city code two eight zero double one three one eight six. That's plus six one two eight zero double one three one eight six. Maybe you're at a gig and you're drunk. Maybe you heard something on the radio about rugby league that annoyed the hell out of you. Then ring up and vent, and I will play your comments on next week's program. Okay, so here's Mick Mars. The interview was done at Rod Laver Arena in September. Uh, the rugby league was going on across the road. Uh, at Amy Park, and I had time to dash across and do this interview backstage. Um, then um, we're going to play a song from a band I saw open for the Choir Boys, that is, the Choir Boys with a Q, uh, not Mark's Choir Boys, who did the last ID. It was in Coventry, and this band's called the Red, White and Blues. as members of an, a, an English band called Skin, who you might vaguely remember. Uh, the blues rock uh, outfit, and they're absolutely dynamite live. So there's a song uh, from them uh, coming up. And then finally, after uh, that, we speak to Michael and Jim from Taiketo. That's all from me this week. That's a hard question to answer for me personally. I think there's potential for us to be able to do that if we make the right 
decisions. And so far, I haven't seen the right decisions made. Which we could. Mm. We could be the Stones. We could be Aerosmith. We could be U2. We could be. But if the decisions aren't made correctly by us four, no. Mm. What, what areas do those decisions need to be made? Um, growing up, <laughs> mm. um, I don't know. There's there's a few things that I uh, that I think you know with with Mick Jagger, mm. let's say let's let's use him for for a for a um, um, a whipping post. Okay, mm-hmm. he'll go up and he's real strict with his band. It's like. Ronnie a drink or this guy will or whatever you won't drink before this and this and this and this, this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like they're professional when they're on the stage and when they're on the this 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 it's like very like fo- they seem really focused and mm-hmm. stuff and it's like um, there's some I, I think because my band was so young when they made it they mm-hmm. still think that they're that young Mm. They don't understand that they're fifty-year-old men. Mm. They still think they're sixteen. Mm. So that's what I think. You know. So, what are the consequences of that? Are the consequences of not having a longevity that you could otherwise have? Is, it, is that what you um, think? I'm saying I'm not saying that we won't have the longevity. I'm saying more of like the uh, the uh, the. Uh, What would you call it? Um, well, you already said maturity, think, didn't you? I got to think of the right word. It's like if you... When people... like, um, I hate stumbling around looking for a word that I know is on the tip of my tongue and I can't get it out. <laughs> if you see an actor, actress, whatever, a Johnny Depp, yeah. For an instance, you see him on the screen only, right? Yeah. That's where you see him. That's like with, with, and it seems like not real. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like untouchable. It's like here's this thing. The Stones have that. Aerosmith has that. U two has that. An aura, kind of. Yes. Yeah. That 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 thing that that a charisma mm-hmm. that shit that that you know. Wow, you know. Hmm. But you know, I feel like there's a a few flaws yet hmm. <laughs> that need to be fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a couple childish things, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Are you um, confident of that happening? Huh? Are you confident of that happening? If that didn't happen, it's just part of Molly what they do. But you know, I wish that sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. But I think that it would put us more into a respectable kind of a of a uh, royalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Stones are. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Paul McCartney. Yeah. And and those kinds of things. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, that 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 level. Yeah, yeah. That that I feel this band could really reach. Yeah, yeah. If there was a few things that were handled differently or changed or 
did this, you know, mm. still being us, still being mm. rebellion, still being, you know, crazy over the top, over mm. the whatever the heck. But you can be that way, like Iggy Pop. Mm -hmm. There's a good example. Iggy mm. Pop's still over the top and crazy and nuts and cuts himself up with glass and does all this shit and that and the other. But people are just like going, he's like this, this like entity that you just go like, whoa. When you mm. see the guy, you just go, wow. Mm. You know?
this is Nash Cato and King Roser. We're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Welcome back to White Line Fever. I've got uh, Jimmy and Michael from Taiketo. We're here backstage at the Glamorous uh, Corporation in, uh, in Sheffield. Now, I read that when you guys go on tour, that means you'll finish the record and it was ready to come out. Is that the case? Absolutely uh, untrue. That's not, yeah, that's <laughs> not even not, close. Not true. Yeah, we had to stop uh, in the middle of it to, to do this, and then we're going to go back and uh, finish it up. So, can you let us in on titles, track listing, the, anything? The, the record's going to be called Digging Deep. Uh, we've had a very tentative schedule to hopefully be finished. Uh, the, the scheduling for the record is very difficult because Danny's coming in from Gibraltar, Brooke lives in the Midwest, Jimmy and I are the only two here that are from New Jersey. So we literally had a day-to-day schedule laid out, and the f- two days into the studio, a blizzard dumped about two feet of snow on the ground, and uh, that knocked us out for almost a week. So that threw everything into a tailspin. Uh, we shut it down to start live rehearsals about a week and a half ago. So now what we're probably going to have to do is finish it from home studios for the, for the duration of the record. We got almost everything done except guitars. Some vocals aren't finished yet, but we, we plain ran out of time, so... The songwriting process is com- complete. There's no nothing to be added there. You know um, what the music's going to sound like in your own head. I, I don't. I, I'm sure that <laughs> some things will come up as as everybody's doing it in their own studios. But uh, I think the songs are pretty much together. Um, but I'm sure a lot of stuff's going to be added on top of them, or going to be you know off the top, you know. But uh, primarily, the songs are done. So give us a description of, uh, of, of what it's going to sound like. What, what, what can you tell the people out there? Uh, the, the thing that I think Taiketo cut their teeth on over the years was, was our live tenacity. The band's very... Uh, we're, we're absolutely a pop band with Danny's vocals and melodies, but I think different than a lot of other bands, we, we've got a lot of guts on stage. Uh, I think we're very happy with the things we've done in the past, but at this point in our lives and careers, it, it seems like we wanted to take a bit more of a... Uh, a live approach, not not as regimented, not as pre-planned. We were going into the studio. We were playing a song at the last three shows that we didn't have a solo section for until we actually rehearsed it for the live tour. So it's a bit more spontaneous and off the cuff. It's got a little bit more uh, just raw energy in it that I like. Is it, is it in any way a response to anything you're hearing at the moment? I mean, it seems to be a little bit of a revival in melodic rock, I suppose, in this part of the world anyway. But do you deliberately try and keep outside influences outside or was there anything that you, you think people will hear hmm. I don't know not, not not for me really I think I just you know as it came um, you know um, not really I mean I, I go based on my influences when I grew up more than what's going on now I mean I don't know what do you, what do you think about that it's well if last night was any judge I mean it was they were rabid and screaming their heads off and it, it, it's I think it's I think if any band is just honest with what they're playing, I think audience, regardless of your style or what's going on economically, or I think people more than ever are more select buyers because the dollar's tight. And uh, it seems that, again, just our, last night being our first show in the UK, I think it, it, it felt like it was 15 years ago up on that stage. So, yeah, It was a great show. We had a great show last night. Okay, um, it's time for a song. Um, now, I'm sure you won't send me the file so I can play anything off any album. So, give us, so, uh, so uh, give, us, give us a song, and um, we're going to start, uh, for the listeners' benefit, we're going to start next week's program with you guys as well. But uh, um, what do you got for us? Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, pick, pick a song. You pick for, a song. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, uh, how about Lay Your Body Down? Stand up, get down, won't you lay your body down? Kick back and jive, 
Kick back and jive. Show beats working for a living. <laughs> 